Hello, my name is Keenan Dunkley, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin Chaney, and this is the A&K Happy Hour. Austin, how you doing, man? Living the dream, bro. Drinking some beers with you. Let's do this. Let's do this thing, Austin. All right. What do we have on the docket today, Austin? Um, well, uh, the news has been quite busy. Uh, whether it's fake or not, uh, depends. Very true. Um, but uh, Trump has been very busy as uh, the new president of the United States. Um, in his first week, he's issued a lot of executive orders. He's nominated a new Supreme Court justice. And um, he's pretty much put a, a majority of Americans on a complete riot uh, mode. And uh, I wouldn't say we'll talk about later, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how people react to our new president. Really, Austin? A majority of Americans? I really don't think so. I think majority of Americans... I didn't say majority. I just said a lot. You did say majority, Austin. You're exact. <laughs> I think okay, most, okay, I think most I Americans go, have to go to work, Austin. They can't really worry about rioting in the streets. A majority of people did vote against them. Not really. If you look by county basis, if you look by population basis, sure, Austin, then why do we even vote in any of the other states? We should just have California, Texas, and New York vote. No one else's vote should matter. If you say, if you say so. <laughs> Your vote wouldn't matter either, Austin. Hey, as long as my person wins. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that isn't that the truth? But um, and then oh, we also got a football game this Sunday. Uh, the Super Bowl. We'll make our final predict- predictions, including scores. Um, not much controversy leading up the Super Bowl week. Uh, I think the only thing that we've heard is um, Devontae Freeman's uh, mom or agent uh, asked for more money um, for uh, for the run for the good for the running back for Atlanta uh, as his contract is about to expire in the off season. But other than that, it's been pretty uh, ho hum. It should be a good game though Sunday. Yeah, Austin, we'll talk about that, and I think we'll take our picks, but then maybe we'll play a quick game with our resident sportsman, aficionado, some may say savant, Austin Chaney. We'll see if he remains undefeated. For the record, I don't say that. Other people do. I feel you, Austin. I feel you. So we'll see how that goes. And it'll be a quick, but encompassing show, don't you think, Austin? I believe so, Keenan. I'm looking forward to this. Let's get let's get it started. Alright, Austin. So we'll open up with what you asked me about pre-show. The UC Berkeley riots and presence of paid anarchists at the protest. What do you think, Austin? Um, well, uh, you know, this this is a this is a lot like the uh, protests on inauguration day uh, in Washington D.C. Only um, a lot worse. Um, a uh, a popular uh, writer for uh, was it Breitbart News, Mio Yiannopoulos. I apologize, I don't know. Yiannopoulos, I believe. Yeah, my, Milo Yiannopoulos. Thank you, thank you. Um, I know. Uh, I noted gay man. By the way. Continue. Like, but, but I won't discriminate. I don't think that matters. Um, but 
He was scheduled to do a speech at, at UC Berkeley, uh, but he's very controversial. A lot of people think he uh, promotes fascism and racism and white supremacy. You know what they uh, say, you know what they say, Austin. The new definition of a fascist is just a conservative who's winning the argument. Yes, um, some idiots do say that, um, but we have to respect their opinions. <laughs> um, but he was scheduled to do a speech in Berkeley, um, and a lot of people came out to protest it, and they got really bad. We had uh, people uh, rioting, um, damaging and vandalizing uh, public property and banks, um, and the worst of all, we had people setting up fireworks right on, right on the ground. And it wasn't um, even 4th of July, Austin. Shame. Shame. I know, I know. It, you know, save, save that for Independence Day. Um, but uh, a lot of damage done in UC Berkeley's campus. SWAT team had to come in and, and display tear gas. Um, surprisingly, protesters I I... uh, decided to make it a dance party at one point. Um, blasting music and just walking through the town. Um, the campus had to be on lockdown and students had to just stay in their apartments. It, really sad story um and uh, hopefully it doesn't become a trend in america with uh, under president trump um uh, but so far it's not under a good start so uh keenan i know you are more on the right side of uh the political spectrum and i'm more on the left so i'll ask i'll ask you as a as a right winger um what is this what do you get from this protest and riot and uh how can we resolve issues like this and for one, Austin, I don't think this is sad at all. This is a bunch. For one, we know it's been documented that a group, Black Block, from Oakland, a noted anarchist group, they're being watched by the FBI, were hired to show up and just, or showed up, but I'm sure they were paid. That's kind of how these groups continue to exist and just incite craziness. And of course, I don't think this is sad at all, Austin. I think this is very representative of the bunch of snowflakes and little whiners that America has raised so far, especially among its millennials, your and my generation. But additionally, I think that Milo loves this kind of stuff, dude. Makes the liberals look terrible. Oh, the liberals can't have a peaceful protest or argue with people or just debate in the forum. They have to go and break the windows. And if you watch the tape, Austin, which we obviously this is a podcast, so we can't show that. But it's clear these people don't even really care or know who or what is going on. And they're just glad to smash things and burn the city. As the Joker says, Austin, some people just want to watch the world burn. So I think this is just highly representative. And a lot of people say, well, Berkeley, they're such the, you know progressive free speech place like we should be surprised this is coming from them it's so ironic that they won't let a homosexual homosexual journalist have the right of free speech but to be honest austin free speech back in the 1960s when it was such a thing at um berkeley and fighting for a lot of um liberal causes was always just kind of it's free speech if you agree with us, and this is a classic example, Austin. And it's just kind of, in my opinion, spreads to Chuck Schumer and a lot of the Democrats who aren't even showing up for Trump's um, confirmation cabinet meetings. I'm like, this is just kind of childish, Austin. In the end, it just makes you look bad. It's kind of like if you and me got in a fight, we both e equally look bad for being involved in the fight. 
rather than whoever won the fight, you know? Some, like, people can say, well, Milo didn't speak and we fought against oppression or, I don't know, ulterior views or whatever. But I'm like, you still look terrible by the way it was done. And look at, we're talking about it, Austin, so it brought a lot of press to him, so he'll only get more and more popular and get more and more followers and viewers. It's kind of like how Trump used the media, whether, you know, the classic saying, Austin, there's no bad publicity, only publicity. So, very true. I mean, I think we can say, I, I know a lot of Berkeley students on Facebook and other social media came out and were like, well, we were peaceful, and then these anarchists showed up, the black block from Oakland, and, like, someone had told them to cause the trouble, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's a lot of he said, she said, but in the end, it doesn't look good for Berkeley. It sends a very hypocritical statement. And I say all to Donald Trump for cutting their funding. They received something like $36 million just for research causes. And I know Berkeley is currently the number one ranked public school in the nation. So, is this the example we want to set for the number one ranked public school? Public meaning funded by the government? I don't think so, Austin. Well, but additionally, I don't, and my, this is my final statement, I don't really think you can blame Trump. He didn't do anything. So the, someone wanted to have free speech. It wasn't even like a school-wide meeting, Austin. It was a young Republicans club had invited him, and he had accepted. I mean, they may have paid him, so they may have lost money for this. Who knows? But it wasn't like this was a forced thing that all the students had to go to. You can go or just not go. And I know you may not agree with that, Austin, but I don't think you would have rioted. You would have just not gone. And they don't get why this is the kind of behavior that a lot of people are doing nowadays where it's like let's not go um to the senate con- confirmations or let's burn the place down why don't you just vote no just don't go to the meeting yeah it, i mean i think you can agree no matter what side of the um of any debate you're on there's always going to be people that take it to the extreme and, and don't represent and don't represent the uh the values of um, a certain party or view or even fan base if we want to go sports wise mm-hmm. um, there's always there's always bad apples in the tree um, you know granted a good example was what was what we saw last night um, people I, I believe overreacting to um, what has happened with Trump being president um, you know you, you say he's done nothing um, he's done a lot of things that made people feel very uncomfortable and he's things that make people judge you know like what austin meet with a bunch of auto heads save a bunch of jobs no i I didn't say he's not entirely bad i just you know the idea of the the audio tape on the um the bus with billy bush um the mocking of a disabled reporter well actually uh, he he wasn't mocking he wasn't someone's fake news you know saying they are fake news austin that buzzfeed article had no sources and they had to take it down and apologize also he wasn't he wasn't making fun of the reporter austin if you watch him making fun of ted cruz who is fully abled as we know some people may disagree but he go he just flares. He's like, "Oh, I didn't know." When he's he's acting out confusion. He you really think Donald Trump knew this guy well enough to know he was disabled? Probably not. Just, it was more his. We all know Trump loves to use his hands and comment on them. So that was that. So don't be. I'll happily send you the video explaining it, Austin. From I'm pretty sure it's 
Washington well, Post. I've seen plenty of videos explaining things and trying to legitimize everything. Um, you know, it, it, I could go on about a list of things that make me feel uncomfortable about Trump being president, but the point's not made. That's not the point. Um, the point is, is that there's a lot of people that don't feel comfortable with him being president. Um, I mean, we can go sucks. back to 2008. Sucks, sucks, dude. You got to get over it. I didn't feel comfortable yeah, with that's Obama, true. That's true. and that was. I'm, I am over it. You know, granted, I don't like it, but I have to deal with it. I have to accept it. I'm not going to go run the streets and say not my president. He is my president. So, and, but what makes this country great is that we have the freedom to criticize our president and not have the fear of the military or the police coming in and killing us because we, you know don't like what the president is. You, the president. you do have that fear if you become violent, Austin. Like, true, we saw... True. And some people take it the wrong way. I mean, did you see the girl get pepper sprayed on live, live television, Austin? I did see the girl get pepper sprayed on live television, and it's it's really sad. You know, I, I don't approve of it at all. I think those people that decided to just vandalize and destroy um, the town, even though there's a lot of people involved that are going to be destroyed by or going to be devastated by this and they had nothing to do with it yeah um and those people make me absolutely sick yeah Uh, well i think we know there and i agree you make a good point there are definitely people who express their views appropriately but i'm like it kind of reminds me of the protests on inauguration day which you drew the parallel to and remember the limousine they caught on fire i mean that was owned by a muslim immigrant and so, and the, you know, liberal protesters burned it down and insurance wouldn't cover it. And he came out and said, this is going to cost me, you know, $80,000. Who's paying for this? I thought the liberals cared about Muslim immigrants. Clearly not, because they burned his taxi to the ground. So it seems a little... Well, hip- I mean, to make the... Or his limo, pardon of, me. Of, sorry. Uh, to make the generalization that... Um, oh, so people who uh, rioted and say they're part of the Liberal Party, you know, and made this guy, made this Muslim man who owns the limousine have to pay for the damages out of his own pocket, you know, to say that means all liberals don't care about the Muslim community is ridiculous. To say all conservatives don't care about the Muslim community, even though there's a, a ban issued by um, Trump on seven predominantly Muslim countries. You know, that's that's wrong, too. There's a lot of people I know that, and you know this, too, there's a lot of people on both sides that care about the Muslim community and don't want to see them suffer and be discriminated. It's the people that, you know, do these terrible things that make, um, that, pre- that present a bad view and bad example of um, whatever group or party that they claim to be a part of. It's just not right. Um, but that's just, that's just the way our, our society works. You know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And so if you're loud and obnoxious and rude, I like that. Yeah. people are going to pay attention to you. Um, like you even said it. There's no such thing as bad or good publicity, just publicity. So it doesn't matter if people hate you or love you. They're all, they're all going to watch and, be, and pay attention to what you say. So, you know, for me, it, it's just really sad. Um, and I think we need, we need to take measures and make sure that, you know, things like this don't happen again. Um, and, and it's going to be difficult to, to mandate that. You know, for Trump to um, uh, threaten to cut funding from Berkeley, I don't agree with that because Do it. that doesn't represent everyone from Berkeley. I mean, all those, not all of those rioters were college students from Cal. Um, you know, I would say a, 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 probably a, a small fraction of those rioters were actually Cal students. 
Um, so to cut funding and hurt all the people in there it is just really not is really unfair. And I, I don't think Trump should, President Trump should do anything like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I and I understand your point, but it's just funny because it's like you like it's unfair to cut the funding and punish all the people. But isn't it unfair to riot and punish? All the people who are just trying to come see a speech and pepper spray them in the face. It seems like, um, I don't know, Austin, I was raised, if you want to treat someone, you know, want to be treated well, you got to treat someone else well. So it seems that everyone's like, don't cut our funding, that's not fair. But we were cl- hi- highly, you know, glad to judge all these people wearing Trump hats or showing up to this speech as haters and racists and xenophobes and we we're going to pepper spray them. So I think you get what's coming to you. So it's. You know, you just got to take care of the people that are doing these things, not take care of, um, you know, you don't, uh, how can I say this? You don't shoot uh, a spider with a shotgun in your own house, you know? Yeah, I don't know about you, Austin, but dead, that spider's but, freaking big, bro. I'll shoot that thing with a shotgun. Yeah, but then you're also going to have a giant-ass hole in your wall, and you don't want and you don't, you're going to have to fix that, um, and you don't want to have to deal with that. So, you know, you do what you can to I, to solve the, the issue and correct, you know, the people that are doing the wrong things, not just hurt everyone in the process, and then think, oh, well, the threat's been mitigated, so we don't need to do it. Yeah. It's like this Muslim ban, and I think this is a good transition. You know, President Trump is very uh, worried and concerned that a lot of these terrorists are coming from these seven nations that um, he's decided to temporarily um, suspend all the uh, uh, refugees and immigrants um, and people traveling from those nations trying to get into the United States. And he thinks that if we temporarily suspend it and give um, his uh, cabinet and uh, group an opportunity to set up a process of extreme vetting um, to make sure that the people that do come in this co- country, excuse me, um, are for the benefit of America and not trying to hurt America. Which I agree. You know, it's it's important that we make sure that the people who do come here, um, you know, don't don't want to uh, terrorize and, and kill innocent people. Um, but you have a lot of people that. Are good Muslims that are, are are terribly affected by this. Um, I know there's PhD candidates. There's um, a PhD student in Clemson who was in Iran and was on a plane about to head over to America the day the executive order was signed, and then um, the FBI came into the plane, asked her to to leave to get off the plane, and she has to stay in Iran for the next ninety days. Um, while you know this ban is in place, and she's not a terrorist, everyone can can tell she's not a terrorist. Um, but it's that's just the law. Uh, and you know, Keenan, I know you, you probably, you, I think you've told me that you think this is a good idea. Um, even though there's a lot of people in the White House and in the government that didn't understand fully what was going on with this executive order, um, which created a lot of confusion. I heard Paul Ryan. Um, use the term confusion um, in terms of how this executive order was uh, put in place and uh, um, enacted. And um, I, don't, I don't agree with it. I think it's a terrible situation for a lot of innocent people. Um, there's people that have said stats that 
you know, the people, the countries of the countries that um, are on this ban list, uh, which are seven and predominantly Muslim. Um, none, of, there has been no reports of any uh, citizens from those countries um, who have committed terrorist crimes to American people. Um, so you know, it, it's a it's a terrible. Uh, I think it's a terrible executive order, and I don't think it really solves the problem because we have the. Uh, emergence of the internet, which is which allows ISIS and terrorist groups to spread their ideas to American citizens who are ridiculous and stupid enough to even believe in this crap. Um, and you know, you're not. It 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 may be a solution in his eyes, but I don't think it does solve the problem at all. I just think it hurts more people than it does help. All right, Austin, that- I gotta totally disagree with you here, bro. For one. Kuwait today instituted a ban on Syrian refugees and refugees from Yemen. So, I mean, they're they're an entirely Muslim country, Austin. Are they being racist toward, or, I don't even know, prejudicial toward the Muslim religion? No, I think they just think it's a smart policy because a lot of these people are terrorists, Austin. Why would they do it? Additionally, 16 countries, Austin, ban Israeli citizens from traveling into them. So are they in the Middle East? Why aren't people protesting this, Austin? This has been around forever. No one cares, Austin, unless it's a hot-button issue that gets people fired up against Donald Trump. But Syria, Iran, Iraq, Yemen, and Libya are some of the big nations. Oh, look, all of those were banned that currently ban Israeli citizens from entering. So I'm not saying we should stoop to their level or anything, but I'm saying why don't people protest this? This has been going on for decades, Austin. We haven't heard anything about it. Convenient. Additionally, I mean, not to characterize all these people I agree with you. Many Muslims are great law-abiding citizens and contribute a lot to this country, but in Japan, they just let in 27 refugees from Syria. Two were involved in a gang rape and assault. Again, we can all talk about in Sweden... Refugees allowed in recently were arrested for sexual assault and live streaming a woman's gang rape and um, you know as I said in Sweden. So I'm like I know you're like oh well these are just a couple of bad apples but these people don't even have to be there in the first place. They're refugees. You don't have to take them into your country. You got to be a country does what's best for its citizens, not what's best for the world. Austin, if we did, we'd have one country governing the whole nation. Yeah, no, it's very true. Um... But, you know, when we ask, like, why is America the greatest country in the world? Well, we are a nation of immigrants. You know, we have people... Legal from, immigrants. Come into a established nation. Oh, let me finish. I um, was just stating know, a fact. Yep, yeah, I know. And so, you know, there's no real true, like, American heritage unless you're Native American, um, which uh, there are people, you know... I've been generous to let us, you know, live here. I don't think they um, really lied us, Austin. I think we came in and killed them and took it, but continue. Yeah, true, true, you know, but um, there are some, there was some peaceful negotiations um, between the Native Americans and the Pilgrims. Uh, but my point is, you know, back in World War II, there was a lot of Jewish refugees uh, trying to flee Germany and Europe with Hitler's rise to power. Um, and they wanted to come to the United States, and a lot of them were turned back um and taken and uh unable to get to america and had to go back to europe uh and unfortunately a lot of them were part of the holocaust and a lot of people look back on that and they say it was just um a, a 
dark moment for American history, and it's something that we shouldn't do it again. Do again. And now we look at Syria with their civil war going on, and a lot of innocent people who just want to get away from the danger, and you know, want to be want to feel safe and comfortable with you know the country that they live in, um, whether they're citizens or not. And you know, as a nation of immigrants who who wants to help people rather than hurt them. You know, it it just it just seems un-American to deny them. It's it it just it doesn't fall with their ideals. It doesn't fall it doesn't fall with what we preach to students. Um, it doesn't fall with the you know the reason why we have the Statue of Liberty. You know, and I I just I don't agree with it. I understand the concerns, um, and you know, granted, you have to in. You know, you want to keep Americans safe and the citizens safe because we don't want to have these terrorists and mass shootings um, occurring in our country. But you know, to I, I'll go back to my point. I think you're just hurting more people than you're actually helping. Um, and I don't, I don't think this ban, quote unquote, um, is going to solve the problem. And to for your point on whether it's you know anti-Muslim or not, um, there is a stipulation where if you're of Christian faith. It's it's easier for people of Christian faith in those countries to get in. And that that that's not true. It's not particularly Christian. It's if you're of a persecuted faith, which ninety thousand yes, Christians were persecuted. Christianity pers- is a persecuted faith in those countries. Exactly. Um, so you know, it to isolate it only to to the Muslim people in those nations. That's just the definition of um, discrimination. You know, then why? Well, then why are their own countries doing it, Austin? Why is Kuwait doing it? Are they are they racist against their or discriminating against their own people? Well, you can't for other nations. You have to speak for our own nation. You know, granted, do I think it's right? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about, Austin? I think it's right for well, you're asking me like. The, oh, but you're just saying it's discriminating against Muslims. But then Muslims are doing it. So how is it discriminating against Muslims then? Well, I can't explain that. But I, from my definition of what we're you doing, can't, you. Can't, I told you, I can explain it. It's because they think these people are t- can have terrorists in their midst, Austin, and they are in. They don't want to let them in. The but, thi- Keenan, Keenan, the people that are coming in, they ask them, are you are you Muslim? If they, if they say yes, then they say no. Okay, get out. That's just dis- that's the definition of discrimination. No, Austin, you ask that- what the religion they follow, and then, yeah, no, it is. It is. But, Austin, why are not. the Muslim countries doing it then? Are they discriminating? You you just like you just said you couldn't explain it, Austin. So why? So why why does Kuwait ban them then? And what about these Israelis? Well, it's it's probably just because they feel that there's it's a it's a small minority of Muslims and it's the extremists in the Muslim religion but, that are doing these terrorist actions. But what about right? the Israelis? What about sixteen countries that ban Israeli citizens? How come we're not protesting that, Austin? Because the li- I can tell you why, Austin. Because the liberals are like, oh, it's convenient to hate on this presidency. I mean, Obama banned Iraqi and Afghanistani refugees for six months, Austin, in 2009. Did we hear anything about that? Nope. Because, wow, it was a Democratic president. So we're going to shut up and take it. And then the Republicans like the policy because they're doing it now. So how come uh, for six months Obama did it? This is one is supposed to be even shorter than that. Yet why was there no uproar then? Well, it, it was different back then. It wasn't. It wasn't why was it different? It wasn't, a, it 
Yes, it was Austin. It was it was a ban on Muslim refugees from Iraq, Austin. It was the exact same wording. Well, I mean, it was praised by both by Republicans and Democrats, or by Republicans as well. Yeah, you know. Austin, the Democrats are just losing face here. And as a member of the Democratic Party, you should honestly be worried here, because rather than trying to get their voting base back to them and changing their ideas and moving more toward candidates that people actually like, they're just acting like a bunch of children, Austin. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think. I mean, you know, uh, we we can remember when the governments were shadow, the Republicans were shadow over for shutting down the government, and they're like they're acting like little children, and this isn't how you unite a party. And then the Democrats go ahead and do the same thing, which you see, Austin, why people are like drain the swamp and Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump and get all these people out of politics, because I'm like. It's just, I mean, no matter the side of the aisle, Austin, these people seem to be doing the same thing. So, we can, I mean, we can debate about the ban all you want. It's a temporary ban, and it's also, I think we want to vet people. I think that's important. I'm like, Austin, if you see, I mean, look at Germany, Austin. They had to implement a burqa ban in their country. A lot of people would say, that's racist, that's discriminatory. But the Germany had to do it because they let in too many refugees, and it was basically becoming a Muslim state. Angela Merkel, one of, one of the most liberal out there. Yeah, that's, that's been that's been very that's true that's true. But it's it doesn't it doesn't legitimize the innocent people that are screwed over by this. And there's a lot of people that are screwed over by this. And it's just not right. It's just not right. Do I like, granted? Okay, Obama have had that same action. Do I think Obama everything Obama did was great and perfect? No, no, there was mistakes and things he did wrong or things I don't agree with. But you know, for. For someone to just say, oh, well, Obama did it, so it must be fine now. No, that doesn't mean it's fine. It's just, it, the question is, is it right or wrong? And it's wrong. It's yeah. just wrong. I mean, it it's, could be... It's un-American. I think it's it's not un-American, Austin. We've had quotas on Irish immigrants, on German immigrants, or on Israeli immigrants, or on Jewish immigrants, our entire history. We've had quotas. We let in a certain number, and we don't let any more in, and we turn people back and boot them out. So, if if you think we'll just let everybody in, that's never how it's been done. But the other thing is, this is a temporary thing, Austin, so we can vet people. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I do. I do. But I think when we talk about really civics and politics and the idea of a social contract, you give up individual rights for the betterment of the many, and that's what government is. I'm like, honestly, Austin, I'm a Republican. Most people wish there should be no government at all, and private sector should run everything because everyone wants to make money and things would be more efficient and we'd make, you know, economic advancement, but there is a government, and so it's going to take away some people's rights and add rights to other people. That's how it is. It's kind of a fluid thing. So exactly. I, Well, it's, it's a balance, and the question is, what is the right amount? You know, there's, there should be freedoms that I believe every American and every person should have mm-hmm. um, as, you know, just people existing and trying to live in society. And there's things that I don't think should be privatized. I think we need a government to regulate and make sure that, you know, one person doesn't screw over the other. So and that's that's all we debate about in politics is 
how much government do we need? How much does the government need to help? How much does the government need to control and mandate? And how much do we let be free of the people and let uh, capitalist society, uh, economies work and, um, you know, give and let the people who, who strive to do the best go out and, and work for that? So, you know, it, we can go on about this for hours and hours and probably days on end. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, there's there's a better way to do this, I believe. And do I think this is going to solve the issue or solve the problem completely? No. And I don't think um, you couldn't agree with that either. You know, it's, it, it may help, but it, it's not going to completely eliminate the situation. So, you know, we just got to see what happens and hope for the best. Um, but we have to, you know, make sure that we, we can understand and agree that what happens, you know, whether it's good or bad is something that we can learn from and adapt to in the future and we want to treat everyone with respect i understand but i'm like sometimes things just go by the wayside but i agree i think you made a good final point moving on since we gotta go to our more something more entertaining and lighthearted, the super bowl yeah. austin we talked about it really at end personally on this show, we've talked professional football a lot, but we got we got Maddie Ryan, Maddie Ice, and the Falcons from the Southeast versus those Northerners, the most hated, the Ice Kings themselves, those Yankees, the Patriots, and Mr. The Goat, as they would call him, Tom Brady. Austin, give us a brief rundown. Um, who's going to be Playmakers? Or who are going to be the playmakers? And let, let's hear a prediction. Finally, after all this time, we're approaching the. Well, um, if you look at these two teams, the first thing you think about is offense. Um, for the Falcons, you have Mount Ryan, who's probably going to be the favorite to win MVP based on his individual stats alone this season, and the fact that he, that the Falcons are as far as they are because of him. Um, you have Julio Jones, who is arguably the best wide receiver in football. Uh, I'm sorry, Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham, but Julio Jones is probably is just bigger and stronger, and his team has gone a lot farther. Um, be, and it's because of him. You know, he, he was asked in the media day, "Does he think anyone can cover him?" He says a one-on-one. He says no. Um, you also have the the running back duo of Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Mm-hmm. You have the number two wide receiver, but not Muhammad Sanu. It, it goes on and on with the Falcons. Their offense seems unstoppable at times. Um, for the Patriots, it starts and ends with Tom Brady. You know, a lot of people consider him the greatest quarterback of all time, and there's a really good case for that to happen, especially if he wins on Sunday. Um, and you have uh, Chris Hogan and Julian Edelman and Martellus Bennett um, as good offensive weapons for the Patriots. That offense seems, un- you know, Seems to be a well-oiled machine with Brady at the helm and Josh McDaniels as the coordinator, and then we can't just we can't ignore the fact that the Patriots have the number one scoring defense, um, and they have a lot of playmakers, and so does Atlanta on their defensive side. You have Vic Beasley, who mm-hmm. leads the league in sacks and fumble and uh, forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. So this is a fairly even matchup. Um, you know, the the difference is that the Patriots have a more experienced coach and a more experienced quarterback with. Brady and Belichick, who is arguably the greatest quarterback coach duo in the history of the NFL. So I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. Um, I think the you know we're gonna see high twenties, low thirties, 
um, type points in, in terms of uh, what the winner is going to score. So, but in the end, I think Atlanta. I think Atlanta's defense is going to make more plays than the Patriots' I defense. I agree. And so, especially with Vic Beasley, I think he's going to make a great difference. And I'll be a little biased. He is from Clemson, so I'm rooting for him to do well. Um, so I'm going to go Atlanta 31, New England uh, 27. I, th- uh, I guess that. I, okay, Austin. And I'm going to gain. I know we can all talk for days about Atlanta's offense. Um, and, I mean, most productive in the league, I think. Number one and number two in all categories, yards per game, um, points, etc. But I think we got to look at this. I think when we look at the defensive side, the Falcons hold the edge. I mean, and this team is young. They start, I think, four rookies, Austin. Um, and they have a lot of young talent on the defense that could make them good for a long, long time. I mean... They have, as you said, Beasley, Keanu Neal, their safeties, um, you know, a first-round pick, and it's been performing well. And, I mean, they have a couple guys coming back from injury. I really think that it's a holistic team. As as much as it gets talked about um, being an offensive juggernaut, it's a holistic team. And I think they'll do well. I mean, they have, haven't allowed more than 21 points um since week 11. So, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, once since week 11. So, it kind of depends on how you look at it. Tom Brady could go out there and be Tom Brady, and the New England Patriots could just be too, um, pardon my French, freaking good. But I doubt it. I mean, buying Atlanta performing like the Panthers did last year, clearly being the best team and just shit in the bed. Um... I think the Falcons get this one. I honestly think it's going to be uh, a 10-point game. I'm going to take this as a 10-point game or more. I'm going to take a 27. I'll say 17. That's low scoring for the Patriots. But I think defenses will actually. I think there'll be some nerves. I think Tom Brady will be fine. But I just don't think he has the talent around him. I think he's the most talented player to step on that field, but I don't think he has the talent around him like Matty Ice does. Interesting. 27-17. Yep. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see, Austin, but I, I don't think Atlanta's scoring 40, but I don't think the Patriots are going to look as great as everyone figures they will. You willing to put money on that score? On proximity or accuracy in the total winning? We'll see who is the closer prediction in terms of what the score is and who wins by how much. Let's so, do it, Austin. I'll, we'll put $10 down. You want to? I'll put $10 on it. All right, $27.17. Um, then you were, what, $27.31? Yes, sir. Both in favor of Atlanta. Well, what, we could both come in completely wrong, Austin. Yeah, we could both be completely wrong, you know, it, but we don't have some, you know, News polls or electro or election polls trying to predict this. We actually have good American citizens looking at this and trying to make a prediction. So, it, I think it's gonna be a great game. I I see it as a classic. Um, I don't think any team can pull away from the other. Um, but that's why we play the game. We gotta see these two teams go at it. 
and uh, it should be a fun one this Sunday. It should, Austin, and I think, you know, uh, we got things to do. We'll maybe throw one more show in um, post-Super Bowl, but I think our picks are in, and I think we can call it a great show for today for the A&K Happy Hour. What do you think? I think so. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So signing off, I'm Keenan Dunkley, and this is... Austin Cheney. All right, we'll see you all next time.